Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it is Sunday, April the 2nd. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. This week, we embark upon, through two of the world's major religions, Judaism and Christianity, some very important dates and some very important commemorations, celebrations, prayerful events. So I want to talk a bit about just mentioning what those are. And then in general, I want to talk about what constitutes a religion. So let's start with Passover. Passover begins on sundown or just before sundown on April the 5th, Wednesday. And good, and that's obviously in Judaism. In Christianity, Good Friday is Friday the 7th, April 7th. And two days later, Easter Sunday. So what constitutes a religion? Because people who are Jewish and people who are Christian are very tied to the messages that are transmitted through history and through tradition and through their real-time experiences in observing these holidays. Well, for me, a religion is constituted by a conviction. And a conviction, for me, at least a religious conviction, I think of as being faith plus certainty. What do I mean by faith plus certainty? Well, in religion, in every religion, there are aspects that are not knowable. They are beyond our knowing, but they are believed in nonetheless. And that's where faith comes in. Faith is what bridges what we can prove and what we know and what we are, what we are scientifically able to confirm. Faith bridges that to the unknown, to the aspects of observance or belief that we cannot prove, but we nonetheless have certainty is there on the other side of that bridge of faith. And I think there are four groups that I want to talk about that have the characteristics of a religion, because each one of them has faith and has that element of certainty. Let me start with Christianity. And I am not an expert in any of them, including my own, which is Judaism. But I know enough to be able to have the conversation I want to have on this particular episode. In Christianity, Jesus becomes your personal savior. He lives in you. And the knowing that he exists and the knowing that he is your path to, I guess I can safely say, salvation, certainly your path to forgiveness and your path to love, that's the certainty that you have. The faith that you have is the faith that he existed and that he continues to exist, that he is real for you in your life, in every way, shape, and form, in every day, in everything that you do. Because Jesus exists, there is a conscious awareness among a, an observant Christian 
that they apply to the actions they take in their lives. And so I would say that Christians act with an awareness that they are connected to Jesus and that how they act and what they do, there is a personal responsibility tied to all of it because all of it is, in essence, connected to Jesus. And again, I'm not Christian, so if you're Christian and you're listening, you may take umbrage at some of my phrasing or some of how I characterize it, but I'm doing the best I can do from my perspective and from the little that I know. In Judaism, where I know a little more, the Exodus, which is what we will be celebrating during Passover, the Exodus we celebrate not as a historical event. It is celebrated every single year, and the story of the Exodus is read on the first and second nights of Passover. It is celebrated, it is lived as if we ourselves are going out from slavery, as if we ourselves in the moment, in real time, are being liberated from slavery. There is a faith There is a certainty there as well. There is a certainty that God exists, has always existed, will always exist, and in the moment, in a sense, is our personal Savior because God is taking us out from the bondage to all things that are the antithesis of godliness. And so, because of that, we too have a conscious awareness of our actions, that what we do matters And in fact, doing good deeds, which are called mitzvot, are an integral part of being an observant Jew. In Islam, of which I know little, but the little that I know of extremist Islamists, which are not practicing Muslims in the sense of those who are peaceful and abide by the highest principles that exist in the Quran, but in radical Islam, Islamists believe that there is equality brought about only through violence and bloodshed. They too have a certainty, but their certainty does not tie to personal responsibility. There is no conscious awareness of their actions other than that anything they do to justify violence and bloodshed, they do in the name of Allah, And it becomes a religious event, a religious commitment, a religious action for which they will be rewarded. There is no personal responsibility in this lifetime or to other humans. The personal responsibility to the extent that it exists, it exists connected to whatever it takes to cause Islam to be the dominant and ultimately only religion on the planet. And the fourth one, which I think also fulfills the qualifications of the definition I'm using for religion, which is faith and certainty, is wokeism. Wokeism believes that all oppression throughout history is personal. That just as Jews believe that we are on Passover going out from slavery, we are experiencing the exodus, Wokeism believes that every single oppressive act that ever took place in history, certainly in this country, is personal to them. 
it was done to them and that it is still being done to them, whether or not that is true, whether or not that is verifiable. There is certainty in wokeism, but there is no personal responsibility and there is no conscious awareness or conscience for their actions. So wokeism, those who are following that, and I call it a religion, believe that they can destroy, like radical Islamists, believe that they can destroy in the name of what they believe in, believe that they can be violent, cause bloodshed and harm, and it's okay because there's no personal responsibility. It's about the larger picture. It's about the collective. It's not about anything you do individually. It's serving an agenda and a principle without personal responsibility. So the question becomes, no matter which of those four you're in, how awake, how aware, and how rational are the members of those four, quote, religions? Well, I would say that Christianity is very much based upon personal responsibility. And that translates into a conscious awareness around the facts and around the truth. And I would say that Judaism is based upon personal responsibility and that that translates into a conscious awareness around the facts and the truth. Terrorism, however, Islamic terrorism, is based upon no personal responsibility, and they are unconscious to the facts and the truth. And similarly, wokeism is based upon no personal responsibility and unconscious to facts and the truth. So where are these groups in the moment? Where are we in the moment? Well, I think Judaism is conscious but afraid. And when I say that, I'm mostly talking about Jews in the United States. I think that a majority of Jews in the United States are aware of what's going on around us, are aware of some of the harmful things that are happening to our nation, that are happening to us in terms of our foreign policy, that are certainly happening to our culture. I think they're aware, but I think they're afraid. Similarly, I think Christians are conscious. I think Christians are aware but afraid, aware of what's going on around us, and in a sense, afraid to do anything about it. Terrorism in any of its forms, whether it be Islamic or any other kind of terrorism, people belonging to those kinds of groups are unconscious, and therefore, they are unafraid. They are unafraid because they're unconscious. And when you're unconscious, you don't really think about consequences whether they be to you or to the people that you strike out at or harm or destroy or systems that you strike out at, harm or destroy. In wokeism, I think those two are unconscious. People who are dedicated to what that I now call a religion are unconscious and therefore they too are unafraid. So they too are out storming down legislatures they too are out creating no entry zones in cities and taking over courthouses. They are unconscious and they are unafraid. It's a very dangerous kind of unconsciousness. So when do those of us who have a conscience and an awareness and certainty act? When do we act? 
when will we act? Well, I believe that when the oppression and the enslavement become more unbearable than the fear, more unbearable than the fear is intimidating, that's when people act. Many people today say, we need a leader. We need a new kind of leader. We need someone that can step up and basically take on the deep state, shall we say. Historically, the ancient Jews were waiting for a Messiah who would defeat the Romans and the life of oppression that the ancient Jews were living. And because they were waiting for a Messiah that would defeat the Roman Empire, they were expecting a military Messiah. And that's one reason why they did not see Jesus as the Messiah. There are other reasons of which I'm not going into in this particular episode. But it is true that because he came bearing a message of peace and did not come as a warrior or a militant, he was rejected by many. But his message has lasted two millennia because he identified the hypocrisy and those practicing it. But he came from peace. And there is brilliance in that because if you look at the longevity The Roman Empire, with its militant, overlord, conquering mentality, is long gone. But the message of peace, pointing out the hypocrites, remains. Mahatma Gandhi did the same thing. He railed against the racism that existed under the British Empire in India and those who colonized India, but he was peaceful and he was nonviolent. And that peacefulness and nonviolence drove the British Empire out of India. His message was lasting just like Jesus's. Why? Because like Jesus, he identified the evil, he identified those practicing it, but he did it from a place of peace. Martin Luther King called out the racism and the bigotry and the government perpetuation of both of those, but he was peaceful and he was nonviolent. And his message is lasting because he identified the evil and those practicing it, but he came from peace. Why go through all of this in an episode in advance of Passover and Easter? Well, the answer is, is that everything that is being done now to us, around us, is being done to push us to the edge, to the edge of violence, to the edge of acting out, particularly pushing, I would say, the conservative right. And I say that because violence on the left is tolerated and ignored and not prosecuted. Look what just happened in the storming of the legislature in Memphis. That was the left that literally caused an insurrection during a legislative session. No one arrested, no one prosecuted. But January 6th, absolutely. This goes on all the time. And so I think it's done for the purpose of pushing people to the edge so that they will act out and in so doing... Give people who want to rule by pure raw power the excuse they need to bring down the heavy hammer 
of the fist of government. You know, I mentioned January 6th. This past week, the the shaman who we all know, what is it, Chandley is his last name, I believe, he was released from prison prematurely. Why? Because finally, when the full tapes of what happened on January 6th were given by Kevin McCarthy to Tucker Carlson to play on cable television, it became clear that he had done nothing to warrant his conviction and his prison sentence. And so he was let go. Over a thousand people have been arrested based on the January 6th event. Not one of them charged with a violent crime, yet many are serving time and many more will. The one thing that we cannot do is get sucked into violence. Whether or not you support Donald Trump, it is wrong to characterize his followers as violent. Look at those rallies. No politician has rallies like that. The amounts of people that turn out And they're always peaceful. They're always peaceful. You shall know them by their acts, not by their words, not by the accusations of others, but by their acts. Times change. Time marches on is the expression. But human nature, not so much. And lasting methods of success, even less. If you oppose tyranny from any administration, if you oppose tyranny of an inflated, out-of-control federal bureaucracy, then make your opposition known, but make it known peacefully and coming from a place of love. I know it's not easy. I know. I've tried it. Sometimes I stumble, sometimes I succeed. I know it's not easy, but I also know it's possible. And I also know, based on Jesus, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, I didn't mention him in this episode, but Bonhoeffer, there are people in the world who have been of the world, who have shown us the magic formula for a lasting message. Let's seize the moment, apply the message, and walk away the victors. Thank you for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again next Sunday. And until I am, by all means, think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.